Welcome to episode 21 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. I'm proud to announce that this podcast has now been added to the podcast section of iTunes and hopefully any day now Spotify as well. So continue to listen to Vicious Talk with Benny P here on SoundCloud.com slash Vicious Talk or search Vicious Talk with Benny P in the podcast app on your iPhones. And this podcast's one and only sponsor continues to be Action for Education. Action for Education is, an, is a nonprofit organization that works to create affordable, accessible, and sustainable opportunities for education in western Honduras. Their mission is centered around capacity building and using resources from the United States to enable Honduran communities to succeed in their own ways. Action for Education is always looking for more help, and they're currently seeking individuals to accompany them on their next medical mission trip down to Honduras in March 2018. It's a fantastic opportunity for any college student, especially those interested in pre-medical studies, to experience the positive impacts that medical clinics can have for people in impoverished areas of the world. For more information, contact the founder and president, my good friend Mike Mastrioni, and his team at info at the num- action the number four education dot org. That's info at action the number four education dot org. And if you don't have time to join Mike and his team on their next medical mission trip, consider visiting their website at action the number four education dot org and consider donating to help their cause. Every dollar helps. Thank you for listening, and here comes episode 21 of Vicious Talk with Benny P and our weekly NFL Picks Against the Lions for the NFL's Week 14. Today's guest on Vicious Talk with Benny P is once again my good friend Jake Kelly. We're going to be doing our weekly NFL Picks Against the Lions for the NFL's Week 14. Jake Kelly. Jake, how's it going? Good, Ben. I'm excited to be here and make some picks. We've got some really good games on the slate this week. And uh, I'd like to make up a little bit of ground. I still haven't really caught up to you at all. Still sitting there a few games back. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, we've kind of been hitting stride by stride. Usually I'll just get a, get a game or two. Um, I think you have maybe one a week or two um, where you, you caught me on a game or so. But usually it's just like we're either tied or I'm getting one game here, one game there. Um, so like last week in week 13, we both did pretty well. You went nine and six on the week and I went 10 and five. Um, so I did gain that one game on you again. And so you're looking at 75 and 64 overall, which is very respectable. And I'm at 80 and 59, which is pretty solid as well. So, um, I don't know. We're doing pretty decent here though. I mean, the good news for me is that, you know, on a week to week basis, we tend to differ on like, you know, about five or six games typically. So there's still plenty of time to make it up. It's just uh, I've got a hit on some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, I know we we'll usually have about six and six games deferring it, but oftentimes we'll split those games. We're like, well, three of them will go towards you, or three of them will go towards me, or or one or one or one or the other. You know, so. All right, buddy. Oh, and uh, did you see? I got the uh, the podcast up on iTunes now. It's uh, I'll I'll leave the link for any listeners um, wanting to listen on there too. So we'll have it both on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Um, so we'll hopefully be getting some more listeners listening to our weekly picks. <laughs> That's fantastic, man! I'm really happy for you. Uh, it's nice to expand the platform, and uh, iTunes is a great a great step. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping actually maybe today I'll be able to get on Spotify as well. So we'll um, we'll be getting some more listeners hopefully. Nice. All right, buddy, let's look at the Thursday night football, though. 
Alrighty. This is a Thursday morning. It's actually a little early for me on the on the West Coast, but uh, not too early. We're about eight thirty almost um, here on the West Coast, eleven thirty on the East Coast where Jake's at. Um, and so we got the Thursday night game tonight. It's actually probably, I mean, maybe the, the best Thursday night football game of the of the the season. Maybe the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons. It's a must win game basically for Atlanta. They're really fighting for their playoff chances here now. Um, and they're favored by a point at home. Who are you taking here, Jake? Um, I'm gonna go with New Orleans here. I can't lie. Uh, my pick was kind of impacted by knowing that you were going with Atlanta, <laughs> and and so this was maybe an opportunity in my eyes to pick up a game. Uh, New Orleans looked really good last week against Carolina, another divisional foe. Camara uh, has just been on fire. Really difficult for anyone to stop in the air and on the ground. Uh, Ingram a little bit banged up coming into this week, but where is he's going to play? Same goes for Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, I'm eager to see the Lattimore-Julio Jones matchup. Uh, Lattimore, in the two games this season where he's been shadowing receivers, that was Devontae Adams of the Packers and Cooks of the Patriots. Uh, he limited them both to just two catches in those games. Uh, so he's very quickly become, you know, becoming an elite corner as just a rookie. Uh, I'm just not sure that I trust Atlanta. They they lost a tight one to the Vikings last week at defensive slugfest. Uh, and the Saints defense, while markedly improved, is not on Minnesota's level. Uh, I just think that uh, the X factor here will be Kamara. I'm not sure that the Falcons have anyone to handle him. And uh, I also just don't think that uh, don't think that the Atlanta run game is, is going to be quite in sync yet. They they did get Freeman back, and he looked all right last week. But uh, they they split the carries so much between Coleman and Freeman, I'm worried that someone might not be able to get into a rhythm, and that will really prohibit that offense. So I'm going to go with the Saints. Yeah, I, I, I like the Saints. I think they're going to be a great team in the playoffs, and they're going to be formidable foes. Um, I'm going with the Falcons here, like you mentioned, um, mainly because this is a must-win game at this point for them. If they're trying to make the playoffs, they're sitting behind both the Saints and the Panthers in that NFC South division. Um, they're at seven and five, and they're a good team. They uh, they've been they've been playing really well lately, um, and they had a tough loss last week. Um, but I mean, they could they really have a great chance at trying to sneak into these playoffs um, if they could get past um, a couple teams here. They have uh, they they have the Seahawks ahead of them in the wild card standings, and the Panthers are one game up on them um, in their own division. Um, and I think that this is just really this is it for them. They really need to win. Games like this against the Saints, a division rival, um, and I just I think their offense is going to come out firing. I think they have obviously their their go to guys Julio Jones, and it's, it, they were kind of shown last week. They were kind of revealed um, that you could shut their their offense down by shutting down Julio Jones, and Julio Jones is is either going to score two touchdowns and have two hundred plus yards in this game, or he's going to get shut down and have like. 30 yards and maybe a touchdown and get limited because I, I don't think there's going to be much of an in-between. I think he's going to either have a monster game or terrible and Atlanta's going to lose. Um, but yeah, I'm, going, I'm going with the first. I'm going with the Falcons and I'm going with Julio Jones to have a big game. All right. All right, buddy. Let's go to uh, Sunday's games. The 1 p.m. wave of games. We got our first one. It's the Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills. Right now there's no line for this one. Uh, because they don't really know if Tyrod Taylor is going to be playing. He he uh, injured his knee last week against the Patriots, 
and it didn't look pretty for him. Um, so my bet is that he's not going to be playing this game. And if that's the case, I'm taking the Colts here, um, which is probably what most people are thinking if uh, Taylor is playing because Peterman looked terrible the one the one start he had. Um, and uh, I just I don't think the Bills are going to be able to do much without without Taylor in the lineup. Um, so I'm taking uh, the 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 Colts here. I think they're the Colts are an average team. They're not. They're not quite as bad as their their record might suggest, um, but they're not good either. So this is one of the the, the lousy games of the week. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Colts. Yeah, my thinking is, is basically the same, Ben. I mean, I'm going to go with Indianapolis. And if Tyrod were to play, I'd question how effective he's going to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I look at the Indianapolis Colts. You know, the strength on that offense. You know, is is clearly you know the deep ball from Brissett to T. Y. Hilton. Uh, Tredavious White, due to that, that concussion that he suffered, you know, as a result of the late hit by Rob Gronkowski, uh, Tredavious White may was not likely to play, uh, and so that's the number one corner in Buffalo. I don't know who's who's supposed to be covering Hilton, but I'd expect him to maybe have a, a good day tomorrow. Uh, I mean, sorry, tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, and so, uh, you know, the Colts the Colts defense a little bit underrated in the front seven. Jabal Sheard's been playing well. Uh, some guys have been stepping up despite the lack of talent on that defense. Uh, I think they're going to be motivated to try to get a win on the road here, and uh, Chuck Pagano is certainly on the hot seat. So I'm going to I'm going to go with the uh, Indianapolis Colts as well. Yeah, I um, I'm interested to see how the Colts go about their business beyond this season because if they keep tanking, they might have maybe a top four pick, maybe a top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see if they're able to get one of the, the, the blue chip quarterbacks coming into the drafts this, this, this season, uh, this next draft. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see maybe if they want to do that um, and maybe trade Andrew Luck, who is already a, I mean, he's a Super Bowl kind of talent, but he hasn't been able to stay on the field. He, what does he have, like half a season's worth of, of games in, in the last, like, what, two and a half years? So Yeah. I, uh, you know, I've been really interested with what the Colts might do, you know, at the top of the draft. Uh, we're not seeing any offensive line prospects like, you know, later meet Tunzel or Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley coming out. And, you know, that seems like the obvious play for the Colts. Uh, you know, McGlinchley from, uh, from Notre Dame is a, top, is a top offensive lineman, but he doesn't seem like someone who's going to go in the top five. If I'm the Colts, I'd consider, you know, maybe throwing in the towel and tanking the season. Uh, try to get a top pick and then trade it down. You know, trade it down to someone like the Broncos if the Broncos don't get quite as uh, low a pick as they'd want, or or some other team that really has a need at quarterback. Maybe the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and so you know, come down, collect a few more picks, and allow your new GM to really do his job. I think the one barrier to that is that Chuck Pagano. You know, a disaster season like this, more losses. You know, really increases his chance of not returning for the team. And so I don't expect him to quit. But uh, I think that it might be in the best interest of the franchise. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, Chicago Bears at the Cincinnati Bengals. In Cincinnati, the Bengals are favored by six points, giving six to the Bears. Um, I'm going with the Bears here, uh, but who you got, Jake? Um, I'm also going to go with the Bears. Uh, my thinking is that that spread's just a little bit too big for me. Uh, Cincinnati pretty beat up after last week's game against Pittsburgh. Great showing for Cincinnati. They, they looked very good, kept the game competitive, and probably should have won the game, uh, which has been the story of the Steelers' season. 
but I think that Chicago, they have enough talent on, on the defensive side of the football to maybe uh, force the Bengals into some tough situations. Uh, John Ross is done for the season. You know, we've, we've talked ad nauseum. You know, Eifert obviously isn't playing. Uh, I think that – I just think that uh, Chicago, they play within themselves on offense, don't get sloppy, and uh, really get after Andy Dalton. They can keep it close. I think the Bengals will win the game, but I don't expect them to cover the six. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, um, I, and it's also interesting to me the Bears are – they have a good defense, like you said, and their offense they, – they don't have any weapons on offense right now, it looks like. And you can't really tell if Trubisky is a good quarterback because he has no one to throw to. And it's it's I don't know it's interesting to see their dynamic in Chicago, but also um, another factor could be the special teams. And last week we're starting, we're really starting to see that Tariq Cohen is he's almost on the status of why why punt him why give him the football he's he's that run back last week was unbelievable um, against the Forty ers and that where he looked like he was beat he was like on a fifth he ran all the way back to like a fifteen and then he just traverses field and takes it all the way to the house that was. One of the greatest runbacks I've seen in a while. So, um, hopefully, we'll see another one of those. Those are those very entertaining. Yeah, this game, you know, on the surface doesn't look like anything exciting, but I think you know you've got the the right mix of players. You know, this could be an interesting game to watch. Uh, you know, no real playoff implications at this point, but you know, you you got a nice collection of players and some interesting matchups to say the least. So, you know, a potentially underrated, interesting game. Yeah, exactly. All right, next one. Green Bay Packers at the Cleveland Browns. In Cleveland, the Packers are favored by three points. I think I saw this this line go um, down to two and a half, but it's at three, I think, right now. Um, and I'm taking the Packers here strictly because this is a must-win game for them. They have Aaron Rodgers coming back in week 15, and they really kind of made a mistake, it, looked like, it looks like, um, by putting him on the IR in the first place. Um, it looks like he's ready to go. He's playing their scout practice squad um, this week. He's going to be imitating uh, Kaiser for Cleveland, um, helping that Green Bay Packers defense adjust to what he has going on. And, um, I mean, if if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive and they want Aaron Rodgers to be able to lead them to um, extra football, that the Packers are going to need to win this game. They're at 6-6. Six and six. Hopefully they'll be, like, they'll be at 7-6 and six when, when – Rodgers comes back, and on a perfect scenario, Rodgers will be able to get them at least two of the three last games, um, and that would make them about nine and six. Um, and so, I mean, nine and seven. And um, that's really what they're looking at right now to try to sneak in. Um, I don't even know if that gets them in. They'd probably need to be 10 and six and maybe run the table, but um, yeah. yeah, they need this. They need this win against Cleveland. And I'm so I'm taking the Packers here. Um, although it's the three points, I think that they could they could beat Cleveland by more than than the field goal. Yeah, I'm, my thing is pretty similar. Uh, you know, just to add to what you said, uh, the Packers they've the defense has been surprisingly decent uh, while Rodgers has been out. You have seven sacks last week against Tampa Bay. Uh, Cleveland nowhere nowhere not even in the same neighborhood as the Tampa Bay offense. They just really. They don't have the same collection of weapons. Uh, Mike Evans held to two receptions for 33 yards on six targets. Uh, Josh Gordon, very similar big-bodied receiver. Wouldn't be shocked to see him held in check by uh, the Packers' defense. And, and Gordon and maybe Kroler about all that Browns' offense has going for them at this point. Uh, I think Green Bay, like you said, needs to win this game. 
The defense has been stepping up, and, you know, Hundley has been very erratic, but I don't think Cleveland's defense is going to be good enough to uh, to seriously challenge him. And so I think the Packers will hold down the fort and get another win in their back pockets for when Aaron Rodgers returns. Yeah. <laughs> and side note, there's also there's no hope you'll advantage for Cleveland here. They're, I think they're, they have one win in Hugh, Jackson, Hugh Jackson's um, tenure with them. I think they're like 1-27 with him. And yeah. they, the, 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 the most winningest quarterback since like 2000, early 2000s, I don't forget the year exactly, but is in Cleveland Stadium is Ben Roethlisberger. It's it's not a Cleveland quarterback. It's no the the Steelers have more wins than the Browns do over the last decade or so in Cleveland, and it's it's embarrassing for them at this point. This this dynasty of shittiness they've created in Cleveland. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Packers here. Yeah, they also Cleveland just today canned their general manager. Which one? So, uh, Sashi Brown. I'm I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I like um, I like uh, what's the guy's name? He uh, he came, oh uh, Deep Podesta. He uh, came from the Oakland Athletics in baseball, and he was part of that whole Moneyball transition um, in in baseball um, with uh, Billy B now in Oakland, and he actually went to the Browns, and he's there. I think the president the president of football operations or something like that in, in Cleveland. So I mean, maybe he'll be able to figure something out for them, but yeah, yeah, not looking good. Yes. ESPN's reporting that former Kansas City Chiefs general manager John Dorsey is expected to emerge as the leading contender for that job. I think that's a good – Dorsey's a good GM, uh, He and deserves a lot of credit for uh, the Chiefs' recent resurgence as a playoff contender. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of the Chiefs, we got the Oakland Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by four points in Kansas City. Um, who are you going to take here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with the Oakland Raiders here. Uh, I understand they're on the road. It's a, it's a divisional game, and you know both teams are going to be very highly motivated to win this game, tied to the standings at the top of the division. Um, but the Chiefs have just been in such a slump recently, and the Raiders have, been, have had their backs against the wall for weeks now. I think that, that Oakland might be a bit more accustomed to this sense of urgency. Uh, still questionable whether Amari Cooper is going to be back, but we know that Marcus Peters is suspended for that game, which uh, might give Derek Carr a bit more breathing room. I think uh, I'd expect Jared Cook to have a, a very good game. Uh, and this, this one was really a tight game, and again, I was a bit motivated by seeing you pick the Chiefs. Uh, but there were enough there were enough factors that I felt you know maybe tip tip things into the Raiders' favor that I, I felt comfortable going with the Raiders this week. Yeah, that's not a bad pick. I'm going with the Chiefs, like you said, um, and I'm just kind of con- encouraged um, by the Chiefs' offense last week. I, uh, Alex Smith kind of silenced all of his doubters, um, well, most of them at least, um, with the four-touchdown game last week. Um, Tyreek Hill had a monster game as well, um, and I think that maybe they'll be able to carry some of that momentum, although they lost um, into this next game against the division rival Oakland Raiders. Like you said, this is a must-win for both of them at this point. Um, they re- the Chiefs are really trying to save those playoff hopes that they had, um, and it's kind of it's interesting how they came into the season as that the, basically the number one team. They were the best team in the league for maybe the first five six weeks. Um, and yeah. Now they're really starting to tumble pretty hard. Absolutely. All right, the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. The Cowboys are favored by four and a half points. 
I'm going with the boys here in New York. I'm not a big fan of what the Giants have going on in terms of all that turmoil they have. Um, and the Cowboys are really needing a win here in New York. Um, I don't have too many uh, statistics for this one. Um, I just, I just, I don't like, I don't like the fact that Eli sat a game. Now he's coming back. Um, I don't really, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's much to be encouraged about um, in New York's camp. So I'm going with the Cowboys here uh, to take this one. But who are you taking, Jake? I'm also going with the Cowboys. Uh, I I do think that there's the potential that the team maybe tries to rally around Eli now that he's returned. And, you know, clearly there wasn't a lot of love for McAdoo in that locker room. And so, you know, his firing might embolden the team as well. But plain and simple, the Dallas Cowboys have their backs against the wall. Uh, it's very similar to, to how you were breaking down, you know, the Falcons and their playoff full copes. Uh, the Cowboys, they still have games against the Seahawks and the Eagles on the schedule, and they're trying, they're fighting for a wild card berth. And I don't think that they're uh, that they're going to be counting wins necessarily. I think they're going to be looking at the Giants as a as you know a, a necessary stepping stone to making the playoffs. They'll take this game very seriously. Uh, the Cowboys really came together and surprised. Uh, last week against the uh, the Redskins, and uh, I'm I'm anticipating a continuation of that. Uh, maybe Alfred Morris can have another big game if they can just feed him. Uh, the four and a half point line seems seems about right to me, uh, especially because it's in New York. I just and, and Sterling Shepard, you know, he's been kind of dinged up, and he's the top weapon in that passing game, not named Evan Ingram. So uh, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys in this one as well. Yeah, I'm going like I said, I'm going with the boys and the only thing I'm a little bit worried about is they start to look forward to the three games they have coming up. They have the Raiders and and the Eagles and um Seahawks like you mentioned and they could really maybe look ahead to those weeks a little bit too soon and get carried away in this New York game, but I think that that's not going to happen. I mean, they're they're usually a pretty professional organization and uh I'm hoping to see I'm not hoping. I'm not a big Cowboys fan, but um, I think we'll see the the Cowboys take this one. Alrighty. All right, next one. The Detroit Lions at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, like the Colts-Bills line, there is none right now for this one because they're not sure whether or not St- uh, Matt Stafford's going to play with that injured hand. Um, and so with that being said, I'm taking the Bucks here and a pick them um, if, if that ends up being the case. Um, and I, I don't like... Um, the Lions' chances if Stafford's not playing in this one, uh, plain and simple. And I do like uh, Jameis Winston um, in his return last week. He looked pretty decent, um, and so I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, my thinking is pretty similar. I think I'm going to go with the Bucks as well. Uh, you know, Jake Rudock is the backup quarterback for the Lions. I, I liked Rudock as kind of you know a potential prospect late in the draft when he came out. But uh, I don't. I don't know that he that he has the talent related to to win a game as a backup. If if the Lions had a more veteran backup, I might even be tempted to take them, uh, just because of all the weapons that they have in the passing game. Uh, but the young quarterback isn't going to have much help out of the backfield. Uh, at Stafford's time of the Lions, they've only had seven 100-yard rushers uh, in a game. So it's it's you know I don't expect him to get all that much help from uh, everyone else on the offense. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, Dirk Cutter might be coaching for his job. Very disappointing season. They they had a lot of buzz in the playoff dark horse. Yeah. A little bit oh how brutal that division was going to be. But, uh, you know, as you said, 
Jameis looked pretty good last week. Uh, Mike Evans, you know, I expect maybe a bounce back. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah. It's, 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 it's interesting to see also um, the tight end Brat for um, Brate for the Bucks. He doesn't play well unless uh, Winston's in the lineup. He, uh, he had some good weeks early in the season, and then um, he, he did really terrible when Winston left the lineup, and then he came back last week, and I think he caught two touchdowns or a touchdown, and yep. he had a good game. So um, for fantasy owners going to the fantasy playoffs this week, he might be another guy to look at as well. Absolutely. All right, the Minnesota Vikings at the Carolina Panthers, one of the marquee matchups of the week. The Vikings are favored by three points in Carolina. Jake, who are you taking? Um, I'm going to go with Minnesota. Uh, they looked, you know, the defense looked fantastic against Atlanta last week. I expect that to carry over to this week. Uh, Xavier Rhodes will probably erase Devin Funches from the game, uh, make the Panthers, you know, a little bit more one-dimensional. Uh, Vikings, fantastic run defense as well. So I just, I, I'll be interested to see if Cam Newton gets really sloppy against this defense, and I expect that he will. Uh, the Panthers, they they kind of you know made a bit of a late charge against the Saints last week, but overall the Saints kind of controlled that matchup at home. Uh, Saints, I, I believe, are on a, on the same level as the Vikings, you know, overall as a team, and that's why it's very interesting to me that we we got a swap of dance partners. You know, the Saints taking on the Falcons this week, and the Vikings taking on the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, so I, but I really I think that Minnesota, the, the defense is going to be too much for Carolina to handle. And that uh, that they'll just find a way on offense like they have all season. Yeah, the, I'm really jumping on that Vikings bandwagon. I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying I'm a huge fan of theirs, but I'm just saying I'm I'm a believer in what they have going on in Minnesota. They look fantastic this season. And Case Keenum, he has to be one of the greatest third string quarterbacks of all time at this point. He, he's led his team to about eight straight. He's led his team to eight straight wins here. He uh, and he's he's created one of the greatest wide receivers to come-ups in, in, in a while. Thielen is one of the most unexpected wide receiver blossomings in, we've seen in, in recent years. And the guy is a top five, top six, seven receiver at this point in the NFL. And he coming into the season, nobody really re, really had him on their radar. And um, they have possibly the greatest wide receiver tandem in the NFL with Diggs and Thielen um, in yeah. Minnesota at this point. And the, the, like you said, their defense is solid. Rhodes is likely to shut down their top receiver, Funchess, um, pa- against the Panthers here in this matchup. Um, and this is going to be a big week for the Falcons because if they take Thursday night um, tonight against the Saints, um, the Panthers have their hands full against Minnesota, so they might be able to get both a game on the Saints and the Panthers in the standings. So they'll be able to tie the Panthers um, and be just a game back of the Saints if they uh, things go well for the, for the Falcons. Yeah. All right, the 49ers at the Houston Texans. The Texans are favored by two and a half against San Francisco um, in Houston. Who are you taking here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, I think, you know, being at home kind of did it for me. I, I'm not – I thought Jimmy Garoppolo had a good game last week against the uh, Chicago Bears, but I think Houston's a half step above the Bears. Uh, a little bit better on both, on both sides of the ball right now and certainly better coached. Uh, I think they've got you know some better weapons on the offensive side than the Bears do with Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins. I have no clue who on the 49ers is going to uh, D up on Hopkins. Uh, I, I'd expect similar to the uh, to the aforementioned 
uh, Bengals Bears game. This could be like a sneaky, entertaining game between two teams with no hopes of going to the playoffs. Uh, outside of that, I think these teams are kind of enigmas at this point in the season, just due to injuries and changes. Uh, so we we really expectations for them can be really varied. Uh, so I just ended up going with a team that you know has a head coach with a bit more head coaching experience, uh, has the advantage of playing at home, and uh, also you know just has the advantage of you know having um, you know a slightly better defense as well. And uh, so that was my thinking of going with the Texans here. Yeah, I'm going with the 49ers, and my my main reason is just hype, man. I love Jimmy G coming from the Patriots, man. He looked great last week. I think the 49ers found themselves a quarterback. And um, I, I think he – I love – it kind of brought a soft spot to me when uh, he mentioned in the news um, in this week that he thought of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in that final drive um, he had against the Bears last week to uh, lead his team to victory. Um, I think Jimmy G's he's a keeper in, in San Francisco, and I think he's definitely better than Tom Savage for Houston. And so, um, yeah, like you said, neither of these two teams are, have, have much to be excited about. They're, they're out of the playoff hopes and um, – the uh, the 49ers are looking at a high draft pick as, as well as the Texans at this point. Um, and so I'm going with the 49ers here in this kind of uh, lousy matchup. But, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I just like the quarterback play out of, out of San Francisco now. Yeah, I'll be interested to see where what happens with Jimmy down the stretch in the season. And uh, I, I'm sure I'm, I'm leaning towards I think the 49ers are going to retain him and not let him walk or not try to deal him. Yeah. So, uh story developing here in San Francisco. Definitely. All right, the Seattle Seahawks at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags are favored by two and a half. The Seahawks are coming off a big win last week against the, uh, the Eagles. Um, and the Jags are, are playing pretty well, have, have some good playoff hopes. Um, I'm picking the Seahawks here. Um, and I just, I think that the story behind the Seahawks every year, I mentioned this last week on a podcast, they they're incredible in December on in January as well. That Pete Carroll just knows how to make his teams better as the season goes on. And although they've had some tough injuries, um, I think in Pete Carroll's tenure, I, th- I think they have maybe like twenty high twenty, maybe twenty seven, twenty eight wins, and I think they have maybe less than five losses after, um, from December on. And um, I think they're just a great team as, as the season progresses. And the Jaguars are one of those teams that. They uh, when they get up, it's really tough to come back on them. Like I, we've said this in the past, that their defense is just solid and they don't know how to re- retain a lead. Um, but when they get down a couple, a few points, and you make B- Blake Bortles throw the football, that's when they get into trouble. Um, and I think that Pete Carroll is really going to try to take that to heart um, early in this game. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Seahawks work hard for an early lead against Jacksonville. Um, and I, I think I'm going with the Seahawks here. Who are you taking, Jake? Um, I'm also going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, you know, I think the Seahawks have been there and done that before, and so that, that just really weighed heavily on my mind. Uh, I also, you know, we're getting points by going with Seattle here as well. Um, like you said, Jack, Jacksonville, their, their big weakness is, is throwing the football, and, uh, you know, that might play into the Seahawks' hands at this this week, you know, considering how banged up they are in, in the backfield on the defensive side of the football. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing Leonard Fournette against that Seahawks front seven. Uh, really good linebackers. You've got Bennett on the defensive line. You've got Clark, who's played very well. Uh, so I, I'm eager to see how that kind of shakes out. 
on the other side of the ball, that that Seahawks offensive line is going to have their hands full with you know argue, with arguably the best defensive front seven in football right now. Uh, Calais Campbell is very familiar with the Seattle Seahawks. He's now in Jacksonville. Uh, I, I just see this game being like one of those classic uh, Rams and Seahawks games from like the past few years where the score is something silly like 14 to nine. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, very physical football game. And uh, it, it'll be one that I'm certainly looking forward to watching. If, if that's uh, on locally, you know, that one or Minnesota-Carolina in that 1, 1, p.m., 1 p.m. slot would be pretty nice. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, this is one of the marquee matchups of the week for sure. All right, the next wave of games, the 4 p.m. Eastern wave. We got the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. The Jets are favored by a point here. Um, when this spread came out, I believe the Broncos were favored by a point, um, and I think it swung towards New York. Um, I'm taking the Jets here, it's mainly because I, I don't like the Broncos more than I like the Jets. Um, but I also, I think just looking at the quarterbacks in this one, I think that you have to give the edge clearly to McCown, who's played great in the last few weeks. Um, the guy's 38 years old. I didn't realize he was that old. Um, I, I found that out actually earlier this week, and... He's uh he's looked great uh, for New York and um, I don't know um, who Denver is sending out this week. It's probably going to be Simeon again, um, but I mean he's a better option than Osweiler, the Heist, or um, Lynch. But I, yeah, I I don't think Denver really has a home field advantage at this point either. It'll be interesting to see how many people show up to this game. It's pretty doesn't doesn't have really any playoff implications, and the Broncos have lost they've lost what eight in a row. Um, yeah. So, so I mean, I, I I don't like I don't like the Broncos. I think the Jets are coming off a big win last week against the Chiefs. Um, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna roll with the Jets here. Who are you taking, Jake? Um, I'm actually going to go with Denver here. I think you know maybe the Jets, uh, as has been you know his, his recent history with that franchise, you know they get a little taste of success and they maybe get a little bit overconfident. Uh, in you know this game is occurring in Denver, so you got that altitude that the Jets are going to have to adjust to. Uh, Demar- Demario Davis, the middle linebacker for the Jets, has been really banged up, might not play. Uh, he's been one of the the best players in that back seven, and I I can't fathom you know how he was made available to the Jets. I think it was the Browns that let him go. Uh, I think that the Broncos might be able to exploit some matchups on the back end and make some plays. Uh, I'm expecting to see, you know, Roby Anderson has been getting, has been burning everybody. And uh, so I'm hoping, you know, Bradley Roby doesn't get put on him by the Broncos because he's just been, you know, toasted week after week. A real, really exploitable weakness in the back seven for the Broncos. But, you know, the Broncos have their backs up against the wall. Vance Joseph, there are a lot of rumors swirling about him possibly being fired, you know, his first year on the job. Uh, so I think there's going to be a sense of urgency for Denver and perhaps you know not that same sense of urgency for the Jets, who were not expected to be as good as they are. Uh, that added with the home field advantage and uh, thinking that Denver's luck is, you know, bad luck has got to break at some point. I'm going to go with the Broncos. Yeah, I think it's very possible, like you said, that the Broncos have some, some urgency in this game. But also I would be, I would, I'm worried about the defense, who has been playing pretty well for Denver um, this season, they've been pretty decent, and probably a, an above-average defense. Um, but I'm worried that they might start to mail it in with the frustration that they've been they've been having because um, the offense just hasn't been getting it done for them. 
Um, and so, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's very likely. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised also to see um, the defense go on have a little bit of a downtick um, here against the Jets. But yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the lousier games of the week. So let's go on the next one. All right, we got Tennessee Titans at the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. The Titans are favored by three points, lane three to the Cardinals. Um, who are you going to take here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with Tennessee. I think that, uh, you know, they're trying to keep pace with Jacksonville in the division. This is a great opportunity this week, Jacksonville playing Seattle to make up a game uh, ahead of their Week 17 showdown, which will likely be for the division title and a home playoff game. Uh, Arizona has just been highly inconsistent this year. Uh, I don't think that Gabbert's really going to have a whole lot for the Tennessee Titans defense. Uh, the running back position is pretty shaky for the Cardinals as well. And outside of Larry Fitzgerald, in, in general, that offense has been really shaky. Um, I'm a, I was a little su- surprised that it was only a three-point spread. I thought it might be a little higher, which might have made me think about the Cardinals at home. Uh, but I just, you know, once again, I think the motivation for the Titans is, you know, is going to be an overriding factor. They looked, you know, decent last week. Uh, and I expect that maybe to continue here against an Arizona team with not a whole lot of reason to uh, to win this game outside of maybe job security. Yeah, I um, I'm going with the Cardinals here. Um, I don't disagree with what you're just saying. I think Tennessee is the better team, but I mean, I look at Tennessee and I don't. I, it, it's one of the more disappointing playoff teams I've seen in recent years. You don't you don't really see any them, them do good on any aspect of their game like they're not they're not above average or a lot above average in any aspect of their game Mariota's not great the receivers are average to a, a below average or maybe you could look at guys like Delaney Walker who's a above average tight end possibly um I mean who do they have really on their defense I mean they don't really do anything fantastic but they don't do anything terrible so i mean they're really a boring team and the team you don't really look forward to seeing um beyond week 17 in the playoffs and um i think the cardinals here they they're like you said they're inconsistent but when you're inconsistent you could also be consistent inconsistently good um yeah so i mean maybe we didn't see a good game out of gabbert last week maybe we'll see them bounce back a little bit at home um but yeah i think we'll see a little bit of variation in this game um it's possible the tie-ins keep keep rolling into the playoffs and and grab this win. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking the Cardinals might be able to bounce back um, after the loss last week, and um, Blaine Gabbert might be able to turn things around a little bit for that team. Um, and maybe we'll see a big game out of Adrian Peterson like we saw once or twice before this season. But I don't know. There's not too much to, th- to analyze here in this game, I don't think. I just don't, I don't – I'm not excited about anything that Tennessee has to offer. So I'm, I'm going with Arizona. All righty. All right, the Redskins at the Chargers in Los Angeles. The Washington Redskins are laying six points. Sorry, sorry. The Chargers are laying six points to the Redskins, so the Chargers are favored by six in Los Angeles. Um, who are you going to take here, Jake? I'm going with the Chargers, but I, I have to acknowledge that the line is a little bit uncomfortably high, uh, You know, especially considering the Chargers don't have much of a home field advantage. Uh, but after you know watching Washington get dismantled last week, knowing that they really don't have a whole a full complement of weapons for Kirk Cousins, and that Los Angeles has you know one of the fierce more fierce pass rushes in the league, I feel comfortable going with the Chargers. Uh, Philip Rivers has been you know very hot recently, 
And I wouldn't be surprised to see this one, you know, be a game where the Chargers can put up some serious points. Uh, and yeah, so basically, I'm just relying on you know the recent track records and uh, you know just the, the completely decimated state of the Washington offense. Yeah, exactly. I think the Redskins are really starting to get worn down by the injuries and and difficult um, situations that they've been put in this season. Um, and I think they're really starting to wear down as the seasons progress. And we saw some inconsistency in their in their whole play earlier in the season. Um, I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, how you don't really know what you're going to get from them week in and week out. And I think we're really starting to see them um, suffer so, some from some setbacks from um, the injuries they've, they've been suffering. Um, and so I think the Chargers are rolling, try, they're rolling pretty hard trying to get into the playoffs still. Um, and they have some good, ch- they have a good chance at um, sneaking into the playoffs. They're still tied with the Chiefs and Raiders atop that AFC West um, division. Um, and this is the game they really need to win at home. Maybe there's a one point or so advantage at home for LA, but yeah, like you said, there's not much of a home field advantage at that StubHub Center in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Chargers here. I think they're a good team. Like you said, they have a great defense, and um, they need to win this one. So I'm so I'm taking them. All righty. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. Another marquee matchup, possibly the the one that everybody's going to want to watch this this week. Um, the Rams are favored by two and a half points at home against the Eagles. The Eagles coming off a tough loss against Seattle last week. Uh, but who are you going to take here, Jake? I'm going to go with the Eagles, and uh, I just you know I watched a good portion of that Seattle game, and they Carson Wentz looked a little bit shaky early in that game. Uh, but I just I don't anticipate the Eagles laying an egg on the road a second week in a row. Uh, I think that the, that the Los Angeles Rams, you know, one of their calling cards has been, you know, some phenomenal special teams and some really good work on the defensive side of the football. Uh, and I just you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think that that any sort of benefit or any sort of uh, strength of the Rams, you see that same strength mirrored, mirrored with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they they seem to have just you know won many more games over the past few seasons as well. Also, I think they're a bit more accustomed to to winning in that big moment than than the Rams are. Not saying that they're uh, that they're like the Steelers or the Patriots or anything, but I think the Eagles have been there a bit more than the Rams have. Uh, and then you know another deciding factor for me is that two and a half points. I think this could be a really close game, and so I would rather have the points with with the team that I pick than not. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking the Eagles here as well. Um, I think it's it's doubtful that they lay an egg here on the road a second time against the the, uh, the Rams like they did against the Seahawks last week. And last week, I think we really saw a lot of bad luck go the Eagles' way. It seemed like everything that could go wrong was going wrong for them. They had that, that snap that went through Wentz's hands and then back out the back of the end zone. And um, I mean, I just think that uh, we'll probably see a great game here in Los Angeles, um, like you said. And, I mean, the only thing I'm worried about is I'm looking at the Eagles' schedule this season so far. And someone pointed this out um, in sports this weekend. It, it's possible the Eagles are, have been very overrated in recent weeks. I mean, you look at some of their wins. They beat the Bears, the Cowboys without Zeke, um, Zeke Elliott, the Broncos, the 49ers, the Redskins. They beat a decent Panthers team. They be, then they beat the Cardinals, the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, the before the Chargers started rolling hard. I mean, they, then they beat the Giants. Um, they lost to the Chiefs earlier in the season. I mean, they had some they had some wins this season that you can't really. They don't really have a, a signature victory this season yet. 
and a team a, a game like this against the Rams looks like it very well might be their their chance to really hang their hat on a victory. Um, and really, this would be a great win for that Eagles team um, going forward and, and into the playoffs this season. And this is kind of a must-win game for them, I think, because they also have just the Giants, the Raiders, and Cowboys going forward um, the rest of the season. So they don't. Really, this is going to be their toughest matchup of the season, most likely, besides that Seahawks game last week. And they, I mean, if if you want to think that the Eagles have a chance at winning the Super Bowl, the Rams are right there as for contenders, and this is the kind of game that they need to win. Yes, sir. I agree completely. Uh, this is really the, the last major potential stumbling block for them down the stretch, and you know now that they're tied with the Minnesota Vikings, these games take on some added importance for the Eagles, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And I also heard a good point earlier um, today. Um, I think it's interesting to see when you look at, say you did a fantasy draft of head coaches in the NFL, and you look, you obviously you look at Belichick number one, um, but I mean, if you're going out of dynasty, do you consider taking Sean McVay with the, with the Rams number one overall? He's the guy. You, would you take twenty five years plus of McVay or six, seven, eight max um, of Belichick? And I don't know. I mean, you might have to go with McVay in a dynasty draft. I think the guy has been fantastic for LA. Um, he has quite the future in the NFL. He might he has a chance of going down one of the greatest, if not the greatest, co- coaches of all time, just because of how young he started. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. Absolutely. All right, the Sunday night football matchup: the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. The Steelers are coming off quite the physical battle against Cincinnati that uh, most football fans watched um, gruesomely last week on Monday night. Um, the Steelers are favored by five, like I said. Uh, but, Jake, who are you taking? Um, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, they're at home. Uh, I know that they're coming off of that really, a really physical game against Cincinnati, and maybe they might have an eye to the Patriots next week. But, I mean, Baltimore, the, the passing offense is quite a mess for them. Um, I'm not convinced that the loss of Shazier alone is going to hamstring Pittsburgh in this game. Uh, it, it could be a close game, and the five points concerns me a little bit. Uh, but I think that the pa- Pittsburgh passing offense is really going to have its way with Baltimore. Uh, typically solid defense, but they don't have Jimmy Smith anymore. That's something I'm sure I'm going to say on nearly every podcast when Ravens come up. Uh, he's just been playing at you know a nearly all pro level this you know throughout the season. Uh, someone who I had going to the Pro Bowl before that injury. Uh, and it's just it's such a huge loss for the Ravens in the back end. You know, being able to uh, keep teams down defensively uh, was their calling card so that they could, you know, be a bit more varied and not forced into passing the football on offense. Uh, they don't have that ability anymore, and I don't, I don't like Joe Flacco being forced to throw into that Steelers defense. I think it's going to be a, a Pittsburgh victory at home on Sunday night. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking the Steelers here as well. Um, and I, the only thing I worry about is, like you said, maybe they start to look forward to the Patriots game next week, the marquee matchup of the season really for them. Um, and they really can't overlook this this matchup they have with Baltimore, who is a sneaky t- playoff team. I mean, I don't th- really think the Ravens have a solid offense, but they've scored points um, in weeks, and they they, scored, they did well against um, – who were they facing? That? Was that um, – Forget who they matched up against last week, but they uh, they're they're a decent playoff team. Um, their defense is is above average, and their offense. I don't know. I don't know how they're scoring points on offense, but I mean they're they've been playing good. 
and um, I don't like Joe Flacco at all. Um, so I think this game's going to be decent in Pittsburgh, but um, I, I don't see how this game ends up going the Ravens' way um, if the Steelers take care of business and, and really do what they need to do. Um, and, I, I, I mean, I don't think Ryan Shazier, um, who I hope has a, has a nice recovery and, and full recovery of that scary back injury last week, and I don't think that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think the two of those guys sway this line too much. Um, I think that Big Ben will still be able to operate without his number two receiver. Um, and I think the defense um, for Pittsburgh should be able to still operate on a full capacity against that Ravens um, offense. So I'm going with the Steelers here on Sunday night as well. All right, Jake. The Monday night marquee matchup of the week, not necessarily the marquee matchup that we've been talking about earlier in this week, but still a Monday night football game against um, AFC East division rivals, the Patriots, New England Patriots at the Miami Dolphins. The Patriots are laying 11 points to Miami in Miami. Who are you taking here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I mean, the 11-point spread just seems a little bit too wide for me. Uh, if this was like a nine-and-a-half, nine-point spread, I'd probably go with the Patriots. Uh, I just think, you know, with the Gronkowski injury, uh, the uncertainty with Marcus Cannon on the offensive line, uh, injuries along the front seven of the defense. Uh, I just, I think that the Patriots, they're going to win this football game, but they, they tend to struggle a little bit on the road in Miami. Uh, and they just, with all the different injuries, I think it could be a bit closer than, than anticipated. Add on top of that, the fact that these teams played two weeks ago. And so there could be some, uh, chicanery with how these, the scheming is going for this game. It can be really difficult to scheme for a team that you just played, uh, I don't, however, think that Miami is going to be able to win the game. I, I do think that with all these mitigating circumstances that the Patriots, you know, even with a returning Chris Hogan, uh, won't be able to, you know, completely bury the Dolphins. Yeah, I see a reasoning here. This line is a little daunting. Um, but I've been burnt on the Patriots in, in a couple times this season. I just think that it's tough to bet, bet against them against this spread. And we've seen a lot of favorites this heavy, heavily favored um, this season cover these big these big spreads um so i'm going with the patriots here on monday night um i think they're just going to take care of business like they always do um against afc east division rivals i think it's possible this game ends up being close in the dolphins cover um but i'm not willing to bet on jay cutler manning the, that miami uh dolphins offense he has a terrible yeah. he has a terrible track record against patriots he's faced them i think three times in his career um and he hasn't won a game against them um not many quarterbacks do win games against the patriots given but um uh yeah i mean he's got like i'm looking at his patriots his stats against the patriots he hasn't faced them um for miami yet but he's faced them uh once with denver and twice with chicago and he has about a 70 quarterback qbr rating um and uh he had just one good game against them back in 2014 um and so i mean i i just i don't think that i don't think jay cutler is gonna be able to pull to pull too many strings against that improved Patriots defense um and so I really I really like the fact that Chris Hogan's coming back and Tom Brady really has a plethora of weapons to work with even with Edelman out this whole season he's been able to go to Cooks and when it's not Cooks it's Gronkowski but Gronkowski is suspended for this game so given that might be um a little bit more of a difficult situation but I I do like the fact that Hogan's coming back this week and so he'll have those two wide receiver 
um, those two very good wide receivers to throw to um, for New England, and then they have the backs and Burkhead and, Le- and uh, Lewis, and um, I just think the Patriots are going to be too much to handle for the Dolphins, and I think they run away with this one. I sure hope that that's the case, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Big Patriots fans, uh, so we'll we'll see how this one goes. But yeah, the Patriots are looking good, and they're really the only teams to not mess with in that AFC division. I mean, the Steelers are a good team, but they're not they're not in the same tier, the same the same caliber that the Patriots are. It looks like, um, and so the Patriots are going to be vying for that one seed um, over the Steelers. But it'll be interesting to see how that kind of works out for them um, going forward into the playoffs. All right. All right, Jake, so that's going to wrap it up in our picks this week. It looks like we have one, two, three, four, five, six, six deferring games like we had last week. Um, we'll see how we're able to um, look at our cumulative tally after this week going forward, man. All right. All right, buddy. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap it up here for our Week 14 NFL Picks Against the Lions. Thanks, Jake, for coming on. Appreciate it. Absolutely, pal. Look forward to uh, talking to you next week and making a few more picks. Sounds great, buddy. We'll uh, Have a good week of watching some football and uh, enjoy the little bit of a breath you have in your law school. Um, your, I know your class has just ended for the semester, and so um, enjoy the, the, the small break that you get, um, and I hope you uh, have some good success going forward. Thank you, pal. Just got to gear up for finals now. All right, buddy. Good luck. I'll talk to you later. So that is a wrap to episode 21 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Like I said earlier in this episode, I'm now proud to announce that Vicious Talk with Benny P. has been added to the podcast section of iTunes and hopefully Spotify soon as well. Good luck to any of my listeners who are starting round one of the fantasy football playoffs this week. I wish you all luck in your respective leagues. And thanks to my guest, Jake Kelly, for joining me once again on our weekly NFL Picks Against the Lions. I'm looking forward to seeing how we do this week, and uh, we'll do it again for week 15 next week. Thank you for listening to episode 21 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Now all of you, just go out, have a great day, and always remember to be vicious.